0: On this Sega Talk, we return to Disney's Illusion series with the Mega Drive Genesis follow-up to the Castle of Illusion. What sort of tricks do Donald and Mickey have up their sleeves? Only one way to find out, alakazam. Sega Bits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things Sega, with your hosts George and Barry. Look, it's a giant talking egg. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the master here. what? Hello and welcome to episode one one four of the Sega Talk podcast. I'm Barry. With me is the Donald to my Mickey. Doors.
1: i'm donald right okay i you know what yeah i accept that i think donald is the cooler one out of the two mickey is kind of i a... think you're donald be- well,
0: between the two of us you've started more arguments on twitter
1: i would agree with that i would agree with that mm-hmm. you started some too yeah but i would. Say oh i
0: started some like contemporary ones right. yeah might, might well, were but also
1: very donald yeah
0: but like if that makes me mickey like mickey's been a little more like edgy in recent years, too. So, you know, we're, we're both a little edgy. Um, so, yeah, on this episode, we're going to be talking about World of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. And before we uh, enter the magic chest and fall into the world of illusion, uh, I want George to plug our Patreon.
1: So you guys, check this out. There's a place on the Internet that you can support a show just like this one. This is a very unique show. I don't think there's another show quite like it out there. Um, And if you like what we do, check us out on Patreon.com slash SegaBits. And for as low as a dollar, you can support this show. That gives you the audio version early and your Patreon memories read in the end of the show. If you pay $5 and more, you get the video version early. And $20, you get to tell us what game to cover. So check out the other tiers, and thanks all our Patreons for their support. Is that a good enough plug? Totally,
0: yeah, and you know, we've been doing a lot of uh, Patreon picks, but uh, I think as the year wound down, we finally got through so many of them that we had a little time to get to some games that uh, were our picks, but I think the Patreon picks are heating back up, so after this one, there aren't going to be that many personal picks from ourselves. However, I think I am going to be doing uh, a return to Archie Sonic Comics uh, probably next month, so that'll be fun. We're going to be covering the early days of Ken Penders. Um, but on this episode, we are talking about World of Illusion, starring Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck, and I picked this one because it's launching on uh, Valentine's Week, and um, well, you'll you'll catch on in, a, in just a moment as to why mm. I picked that. So... In Japan, the game is called World of Illusion, Fushigi na Magic Box, or alternately titled I Love Mickey and Donald. Oh, really? <laughs> um, so that's why I picked this one, because it's like it's like love. I love Mickey and Donald. Um, and the game released to the Mega Drive in Japan on December 18th, 1992, and in Europe... On December 14th, 1992, and to the Sega Genesis in America in March of 1993, the game is a spiritual sequel to the Mega Drive Genesis classic Castle of Illusion. Only this time, in addition to Mickey Mouse, the game also stars Donald Duck. And as mentioned, in in Japan, the game was titled I Love Mickey and Donald. And when you consider that Castle of Illusion was known as I Love Mickey Mouse in Japan, and Quackshot was known as I Love Donald Duck. This is really the third game in the I Love Disney series from Sega. So, George, what's your history with the world of Illusion?
1: I don't have actually a big history with this one. I think, I, I mean, I'm not sure about the sales on, on the games. I feel like Castle of Illusions was way more popular than this game. Um, I mm-hmm. I remember seeing it on like rental shelves. Um, But I didn't rent it. I think I did rent it maybe once or twice. But, I I mean, it's not something that was, like, mind-altering that I remembered. I played it later on when you go back, you know, in those ROM files. And I played... I don't think I ever beat it, to be honest with you. And so it's one of those games that I I, I think I should... You think it's worth going back for this one? Because I played Quackshot after last time, and I really did enjoy it.
0: Um, I would definitely recommend this one. So, from my own history, I am not sure when I exactly owned this game, because as you were, were talking, and I was holding mine up, I was like, wait a minute, mine's made of cardboard. Right. And cardboard Genesis games were in the later years, but this is a Black Grid, which were the early years. So, when I looked on the back, I actually saw that this is a Majesco reprint, Um, actually, uh... Made in Mexico, George. Look at that. It says Sega Made in Mexico. I think I found your tattoo Right. that uh, (laughs) you should get. That'd be pretty sweet. Um, But that means that this was a part of the line of re-releases that Majesco, a um, company based out of Mexico, handled. So they re-released. They made the Genesis 3. They also did re-releases of the Game Gear. We talked about that on our last episode um, with Sonic Triple Trouble. And so this game, they did a lot of best-ofs, like games that sold really well got re-released, and that, that was this one. But that means the copy I own, I must have picked up in the late 90s, which I guess means that World of Illusion was a game I maybe, maybe rented a lot, and I didn't actually own as a kid, which surprises me. I feel like this is a game I've had forever. Mm. Um but yeah, this game it it says on the back one or two players. But it honestly is one of those games that is best enjoyed with two players. Um, you kind of it it rewards people who play through as either Mickey or Donald. But I think the true experience is a two-player game. Um, but I, I think after you listen to this episode or after you participate in it, George, um, you're going to want to go back and and fire up that Sega Genesis Mini One. And give the game a try again. Because it's uh, it's short but sweet. You know, most Genesis games last an hour. So, you know, it's, it's forgiving. Um, what are your thoughts on the British version actually releasing first?
1: Um, That's kind of uh, not normal. It is kind of weird, right? Uh, is there something outside of the fact that Donald Duck is popular in the UK? Um, is there any other special reason they would do a Mickey and Donald Duck game only? I mean, in Europe first. Is there like some sort of holiday or reasoning?
0: I I can't I can't think of why. I mean, the game came out in America three months later, which seems like such a long delay for a Mickey and Donald game. Maybe they were lining it. Maybe there was some sales reason. Maybe. They felt that Sonic Two was doing so well that they did not need a Mickey game releasing a month later. Mm, I think, and they were trying to.
1: I think that might be more right when you already have your own yeah. in-house game. Why pair them up against Mickey?
0: Right, right. Um, which title do you prefer, World of Illusion or I Love Mickey and Donald?
1: Uh, World of Illusion because it, now it's a brand name, right? It's, it's like Castle of Illusion. Yeah. You play that. You're going to want to play this one, right? And it's not... Totally. It's not like... um, It's not off-putting to newcomers. Like, you don't think... It's not really Castle of Illusion 2. You don't think there's a story you're missing. If anything, it feels like it's the bigger version of everything, right? It's like the world of illusion.
0: Right. And it goes hand-in-hand with, like, Mario, Super Mario Land, Super Mario World. Like, you can play them without playing the other one.
1: Right.
0: Um... Now, I have a link here to the various cover arts mm. for the game. Um, it It's actually kind of surprising because when you look at, you know, the overlay here of everything, everyone pretty much used the same artwork of Mickey and Donald on the f- carpet except for Japan, which actually had its own unique uh, painting done, which actually stretches the whole length of the box right. art. And on top of that, it's not... Super Japanesey. It actually looks like American art. I don't even know if maybe Greg Martin did this. It looks very like Sonic and Knuckles. Right. You know the way he the foli foliage foliage is uh, rendered there, and even Mickey, he actually looks edgy. Ur. Like you know how there's that meme where it's like oh in Japan right. the characters are happy, but in in America they put like angry eyes on like Kirby, right. but here Mickey looks.
1: Oops pissed off
0: that he has to give donald some help it's
1: weird because it's (laughs) kind of like not their personality like mickey's almost never angry donald is always upset but here he's super happy he's like oh my god i'm gonna grab something
0: right exactly and and it says there too the title is a little sloppy because it's world of illusion i love mickey and donald and then below that it talks about the um magic box the uh Fushigina magic box. I'm not sure what that means, but maybe like escape the magic box or something. I, I didn't translate that beforehand. Uh, um, look at the
1: little dice. The little flowers have dice. Yeah, isn't that
0: cool? <laughs> little dice plant. Yeah. Um, so they, I mean, it's actually very nice cover art. I always love looking at what the Japanese do as opposed to other regions. But having said that, I think the... Both the European and the American art looks very nice as well. There's also a very cool um, gold label one that I've never seen before called Classic Mega Drive. It's like a cardboard, where, looks like. I guess that's cardboard, yeah. That, that's very weird to say, like, oh, it's a classic, it's our cardboard. <laughs> yeah,
1: it, you get it with cardboard. It's like, uh, it seems cardboard cheap. Cardboard
0: edition. Seems yeah, cheap. exactly. Yeah. Um, so you know it's by and large not too different from different regions, but they they do have gold collections in uh, we all agree Australia, though, which I think looks pretty cool.
1: that the American one is the best one because it at least gives up the vibe of a magical journey um, and it you know mm. that world of illusion, the title of illusion. The other one kind of looks like yeah. a Jack and the Beanstalk remake movie fantasy thing going on.
0: That's very true. And also, even though the um, British one has the art a little bigger mm. and like to the edges to the bleed, um, they very oddly put World of Illusion in like red and it, it's actually hard to read. Do you see that? Yeah, I do. Um, the, um, it's like what? I don't know. I, I prefer the. Usually, I like when everything stretches to the edges and you get a full, like full bleed art there. But yeah, and also um, the cloud reaching at them is very odd because in the game i don't recall clouds like being a main enemy <laughs> so it's a little strange but it's fun we we i i think by and large it's some very nice artwork um very iconic so good good job for them um and on the back of the box you actually get a little picture of mickey just on the thing i guess he kicked donald off um So, moving on with the the show. uh, As mentioned, World of Illusion is a part of a larger video game series that actually spans decades. It could be said that it is one of the most prolific Disney character video game series ever, maybe second to Kingdom Hearts at this point. Uh, The series kicked off with Castle of Illusion, which I actually have sitting here next to me. So there's Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse, which was followed by World of Illusion. And then, of course, whoop, I have so many games in my lap. I think I need a sack for all my games, like a game sack. Oh, name Um, (laughs) drop. Yeah, right? Uh, And then, as mentioned, Quackshot could also be seen as being in there uh, due to being from the uh, similar development teams and the aforementioned I Love titles. And then the series actually shifted over to the Master System and Game Gear with the Land of Illusion, which I also have in my uh, in my lap here. And I should also note that Master System's version of Castle of Illusion is a completely different game, so you get a whole new experience there, and that was also on the Game Gear. And then uh, following up from that, there were actually um, really no Illusion games until 2012, when the Epic Mickey: Power of Illusion released for I the Nintendo oh. 3DS, and I,
1: I do I've remember is this is, the, is that the one that first had that wall uh, that Waldo or what's his name the character they Walden or what's his name?
0: Oh yes, Oswald. Oswald. So there you go. Epic Mickey: The Power of Two oh. was like the console version, mm. and then the 3DS one was a completely different game with just Mickey in it. And it very clearly, like, ripped off. I wouldn't say ripped off was inspired by um, the original Castle of Illusion. And whenever I would look up this game, you know, for research, everyone would say, "Oh, it's not a real Illusion game. It's just, you know, a um, it's just a tribute." But like, let's be honest: the title, and it has the returning villain from the very first Castle of Illusion. And it even has gameplay elements that was were never like revisited in other Illusion games, like. um butt-bouncing, you know, like that was pretty popular. Um, So, yeah, I mean, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, And then in 2013, Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse saw a remake developed by Sega Studios Australia and overseen by the game's original director, presenting the original game but in full 3D with brand new gimmicks and stage layouts, which... I, to be honest, like it's a brand new game. There's nothing one-to-one about it. Even the overworld map is actually, I think, inspired by the, the Master System version. So you get a little best of both worlds there. And then um, it, it actually kind of took a break for 10 years. And then another game is due out in July of 2023. The game uh, Disney Illusion Island. Is set for release featuring side scrolling co op platforming and again using the illusion title as a nod to the classic series. Did you see the trailer for that
1: one? I, I was going to say if you wanted to watch it, I have it right. I, I, I do have it pulled Here's up. What I you... found.
0: Ah. <laughs> yeah, let's check it out.
1: Your series just went super crazy. Do you have it over there on your site? Yes. Or do you want me to send it uh, on yeah, Skype? let's check it. On di- on di- oh, I, I can find it. I got it right here. I sent it to you on uh, Discord.
0: Oh, okay. All right, let's do it. I'll press
1: play. Switch. Oh, I sh- should have skipped this part. on Illusion Island. Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, Donald Duck. Oh, he looks different. Goopy. What do you think about this art style?
0: On a new I don't like it, and the reason and I don't like it is that we've Island had ten Lord years plus of three 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 that. Run. Uh, uh, Paul Rudish art style that you see in those new cartoon shorts and he even me- recently made a um, uh, ride called Runaway Railway. So it's like you have Mickey and all of his friends redesigned in this new style and then you make this game and you're like, ah, it looks vaguely similar but it's brand new. I don't know.
1: This looks like uh, Raymond Origins.
0: It does. looks 100% like Rayman... Uh, what is it? Legends? Legends,
1: right? It's more... If you told me this was... Like, you could just... Everything looks like Rayman. Like this right here. Especially the four player.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: 100%. It's more Rayman than it is uh, Illusion game.
0: Yeah, and I mean... and And we'll get to what makes an Illusion Game an Illusion Game. An illusion game but... You know, seeing this, it, it unlike Power of Illusion, I feel like this one's much more like, let's use the Illusion name just because we'll bring in, you know, fans of the previous titles. Whereas, like you said, it's, it's much more like a Rayman title. But then again, World of Illusion and Castle of Illusion are such different games from each other that I can't really fault it. But still, I don't know. It looks all right. I'll pick it up.
1: I I have to, right? I mean, I really like the Rayman games, so I'm going to pick it up just because I like the characters of Mickey. And I've been complaining since the last time we did a Mickey game that Mickey needs to make more of a front-facing return to Disney. Like, Disney is now known more as a the Marvel and Star Wars company mm. than their, for the new generation. Oh,
0: 100%. So... Absolutely, yeah, and I, I think we're going to be seeing more of that coming up. I mean, he's going to be 100 years old soon, which is insane. Yeah, that's um, an
1: old mouse.
0: That's an old mouse. I don't think mice live that long. No. Um, other games related to the Illusion franchise include uh, the Lucky Dime Caper, starring Donald Duck, oh, released yeah. in 1991... For the Master System and Game Gear, as well as Deep Duck Trouble. I'm holding that up here, too. Which was uh, starring Donald Duck, released in 1993 for the Master System and Game Gear. So that is a lot of games. And what's your overall thought on the Illusion series, and what do you think of that modern game using the Illusion title? It seems like you're happy about it.
1: I mean, they're not going to do anything with with the name, and I, I do understand where people go, oh, it's not a Sega Genesis sequel and I the more I I, I kind of want that to be what it is but I really do like the Rayman game so I'm like it looks mm-hmm. fun I'm okay with having side games using the name illusion but I do hope we get a more traditional platforming game in the future uh starting a more classic absolutely the classic Mickey not the uh new Mickey it's weird because it's like a new take on the old art style yeah,
0: it is. And I'm hoping we get some like nods to the classic games. I mean, Miserable, I think it was just so awesome to see her return for uh, Power of Illusion and again uh, 10 years before... Actually, when was this? A few years before that in the remake. Um, because, I don't know, like m- these games were made by uh, Sega staff internally at Sega despite being licensed titles So you could argue that is really a Sega developed Disney character which is pretty cool right um I w- but she's not in this game mm. you know so it's unfortunate that she didn't continue on as the a- enemy which is why I I think power of illusion despite not being from Sega it's really e- elevated like I would put it up there it's not as good as castle or world but it's still They tried, you know, they tried to really tie it in, which I appreciate.
1: I will say, though, I hope, just like Rayman Legends, uh, this game has a lot of skins, like unlockable skins within the game, because Rayman did a good job Mm. of changing stuff, so like, I hope they have skins of all the Mickeys, like, uh, you could get the classic, uh, this Mickey from this game, and this 90s era Mickey, and then there's the, you know, black and white Mickey and all that, that'd be amazing.
0: Steamboat. Steamboat. Right. Um, (laughs) I think it goes without saying that when discussing the characters of the game, we really don't have to say much. Everyone knows who Mickey and Donald are. Never heard of them. Uh, They are some of the most... Well, (laughs) some people don't know who they are. (laughs) I'm not cultured. But they're the most popular pop culture characters in history. Uh, I don't even want to go down the long rabbit hole... And cover everything and anything having to do with their creation. However, I do think now is a great moment to do some trivia. I Ooh. know you like uh, when we do games. <laughs> All right, <laughs> you get super excited. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna mix this one up a little bit. So in January 2024, the copyright for the very first Mickey Mouse animated short will expire, making Mickey specifically his design for that car- cartoon public domain. So I want you to tell me. What is the name of that short? And for bonus points, can you tell me what the first Mickey Mouse cartoon produced but not released was? Because they weren't released in production order.
1: Oh, um, go! I actually don't know which one the first one is, but I will say uh, it's Steamboat, Steamboat Willie. And I, I think I, I knew that wasn't the first one that they made before. I think it's the first one they yes. picked because of the singing. I think, or what was it? The reason for it.
0: You know, I don't know the exact reason. So yeah, Steamboat Willie was the first one, and it was a bit more musical. The other one was Plain Crazy, which was with the cow. Uh, developed <laughs> with a cow. There's this one. Well, I think he actually one
1: with a cow where they like do a musical and they like use a cow by like hitting it. Is that the one that is the the first oh, one? He,
0: he hits animals all the restroom. time. No, in in um. Plain crazy. I think he uses an animal as part of like a plane. Like he twists oh. the neck up and puts it in. Um, what
1: do you think about that? Yeah, and Steamboat Willie of Mickey. I think it's funny. <laughs> I
0: like when Mickey's a little naughty. Okay. Um, I actually rewatched some of those newer shorts that were from Paul Rudish. Um, he's been doing those for over a decade now. It's insane. Um, but yeah, if you jump on Disney Plus, there are hours of his his stuff, and I. I used to not like them, and now I watch them, and I think they're just like some of the best Mickey shorts that they've done in a long time. Like the the style's completely different, but there's so many insane like uh, I don't even I guess fan servicey bits. Like Snow White, like the witch from Snow White will suddenly appear, and you're like, "What's going on here?" Um, which is why I really love World of Illusion and Power of Illusion, the 3DS game. Because they have so many fun, like, nods to classic Disney movies, even featuring, like, cameos from old characters. Um, And speaking of cameos, so Donald Duck made his debut in what animated short? And hint, it was not a starring role, and the short was based on an old fable.
1: Jack and the Beanstalk.
0: No, it was actually The Wise Little Hen.
1: Oh my God, who's going to... That's the lamest story, dude. No one's going to remember that. That's... Come on.
0: Oh, you got to watch it, though. Okay. If you... So watch The Wise Little Hen Uh after all this, and if you don't walk away from that, either having a craving for corn on the cob with butter or cornbread, something's wrong with you. Okay. Because the way they animate melting butter on cornbread, you're just like... Oh, I want I want to eat some cornbread. <laughs> I was going to say, um,
1: I mean, yeah. Out of all the fables, right? Like all of them in the history, that's like the worst one. Like one of the top bottom ones, right?
0: It's not terrible, all right. but you know, Donald has a buddy in that one, Peter Pig, and the way he talks is
1: <laughs> what
0: I can't even do it. He talks like a snorting pig. <laughs>
1: Imagine an alternative like that. universe where, uh, what's the name? Qu- Porky Pig or whatever? Peter Pig. What's the name? Peter. Peter Pig was the one that actually took off, and uh, Donald Duck was just the obscure character that was friends with my right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. My <laughs> That, that yeah, would right? horrible.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know why Donald dresses as a sailor?
1: Because he was in the military. Yeah. Because he was in the Navy?
0: Because it's it's funny.
1: Really? Is that really why he does it?
0: Well, so I think the joke was that he lived on a boat, which is funny because ducks can swim in the water, so why would he need a boat? And then they're like, well, he's a sailor, which is also funny because, you know, like sailors are on the water and ducks are on the water, but the sailor outfit he has looks like a sailor suit like a little boy would wear back in the day. Mm. So he's like a little boy, like a, a little boy duck.
1: <laughs> <Sailor>. <laughs> right, 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 Okay. I don't know. I like that look, though.
0: Um, yeah, it is. It's a good look. And he still carries it around today. Same with Mickey and his little, his two buttons, his little boots, mm. his little shoes, his little clogs. Um, so let's get some beautiful gameplay footage going here while we talk about the game itself and this comes courtesy of World of Long Plays who is always there for us when we want to see what a game looks like. Um, So here's the plot. Whilst preparing for a magical act, Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck discover a magical box which turns out to belong to the evil magician Pete known as the Magic Master who (laughs) sends Mickey and Donald to a magical world. Now they must attempt to escape while learning a few magic tricks along the way, facing unknown creatures, among other dangers. So, to me, it seems like the common thread in the illusion games is Mickey and sometimes Donald being sent on or encountering a magical world or encountering a magical force and trying to overcome it. The original game saw Mickey battling an evil witch named Miserabelle in her castle, In this game sees an entire magical world created by the magic master, who is essentially Pete. Um, so does World of Illusion up the ante enough to feel bigger than the original game? And what are your thoughts on the main villain being Pete?
1: Pete sucks. Um, he's a bully. <laughs> he's lame. Um, I'll say I haven't played it, so I can't tell you if it ups the ante on the other games. Uh, I Am I the only one that is crazy, but does it look like, just seeing the gameplay, isn't the animation worse in this game, or or at least the backgrounds, the Castle of Illusion?
0: Um, I mean, I guess you could say it was a little more s- painterly, mm-hmm. like it's it's a little more dialed back. I think also you have to realize that this is a two-player game, so they didn't oh. want it to be too hectic on screen.
1: That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, what? Well, because if. You have more experience mm-hmm. with it, so do you think this is a bigger, badder version of uh, of the game, I guess? Because I'm looking at I some think, stuff, and it's I pretty think, cool.
0: I think what I like about this is kind of like with Sonic 3, all the stages kind of connect together. Mm. So you get little transitions, you get story points coming along the way. Um, so unlike Castle of Illusion, on the Genesis and Mega Drive, which is just kind of like stage after stage. This one, like, there's a little more connective tissue as to, like, when you go um, in the forest and then you end up in the sky and then you go underwater and then you go on, like, into the magical land. Um, I think, too, there's more variety, though I think with the with the cape, there's a little less... Um, action going on. Like, you can't throw stuff. So, you know, it's it's a give and take. I, I think overall, though, it, it does feel bigger. And especially once we get into the stages and taking a look at how many different varieties there are, you're going to see that it's a game that seems small on first playthrough, but then you play it again and again and you're like, oh, there's a lot more to this than I thought. Um, as for Pete, yeah, I, I feel like he's always in, like, the role of the villain, like mm-hmm. he was even uh, the ghost of Christmas Future in the uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol, you know. So it's like, at least with Miserabel, she was kind of original. She looked when she was an old woman, she looked like the witch from um, Snow White, and then when she was like an enchantress, she looked like the uh, queen from what was it, Sleeping Beauty? You know, who turned into a dragon. Right, right. So it's not like Pete is all that original, just like how Miserabelle's all that original, but there is a funny little moment at the very end of the game, um, which I guess I'll just mention, like, at the end you present a magic act for all your friends when you get home, and Pete's in the audience and he kind of turns around and looks at the player, like, he's like, hey, (laughs) you know, he does a little, like, I don't know, I thought that was cute, where it's like, Pete's like, yeah, it was me all along, you got me, um... Let's talk about the gameplay. So, like Castle of Illusion, World of Illusion is a platformer. However, this time the game features co-op gameplay with one player controlling Mickey Mouse and the other controlling Donald Duck. The game was built off of being played cooperatively, though it also can be played separately in single-player mode, with each character having their own routes through the game. In two-player mode, there are puzzles that require co-op actions in order to be solved. So, um, You've said you've not played this game with another player. Uh, do you think games in general that built themselves around two-player modes suffer when you have to go in and, and play on your own?
1: I mean, I think yes, especially if you really want to make it a real co-op game. You could always do something yeah. like Sonic 2, right? Where the second player doesn't matter, but then when you do play as the second player, the second player actually suffers, right? Somebody has to suffer, right? In this equilibrium, so it's like, you either make the second player, you either make them both have fun, or you, together, or not, you know, separate, I don't know, it's a weird thing, right? Like, what do you think about the idea that, like, Tails in Sonic 2, where, do you think the second player is really playing the game?
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I think Sonic 2 did it really well, did a really good job where it's not it's not a two-player game, but it's kind of optional. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think of later games where they're built off of, like, big multiplayer experiences. But, like, for example, Anarchy Reigns really suffers because no one's playing it anymore. Mm. So you need to have that, that uh, community in order for the game to really shine. Same with... Uh, Fantasy Star Online 1, like, there is an offline mode, but it's so boring on your own. It's almost like... I've always equated it to, like, going back to your old high school, like, after hours, and you're like, oh, there's my old classroom, but, like, all the lights are out and none of your friends or teachers are there. So you're like, I think I'm just gonna go. (laughs) You know? Like, I'll play through forest, the forest, and kill the dragon, but this is just kind of (laughs) sad. You know? Right. Um, Yeah, and I, I think in this game they do a, a pretty admirable job making the one-player experience its own thing and giving you incentive to play through multiple times i know i keep teasing that and we'll get to the game stages but it truly is a different experience playing through mickey or donald's adventure um kind of not unlike sonic 3. in fact i think um world of illusion even goes a bit further by giving you whole stretches that you don't see in the other characters' gameplay. Whereas with Sonic and Knuckles, it typically might drop you in a different part of the map, or make like a new area, mm. like a new route, might be easier to get to. But in 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 World of Illusion, it's a whole new section of the game that you can't get with the other player, which is kind of cool. Um, I, I think games like Sonic Heroes that tries to do that with multiple characters and it's just like the same stages over and over that gets really tiring so right right
1: yeah <laughs> or like uh resident evil um, 2 where mm-hmm. it's two disc once leon once yeah. claire yes it's a different story but like all the acid you just get dropped in a different spot yeah. right
0: yeah so i mean there's there's different ways that games handle it and i think this game handles it rather well, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who actually have great memories because they played with two players, so... And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think we should, like, give games, like, a negative or a, a lower score, because we didn't have... We don't have friends, right. you know? Um, if
1: anything, I think it's more let's talk forward-thinking, mm-hmm. because I think co-op games right now are doing really well, like that It Takes Two, the EA original game that's been... Uh, that's Can you get an Amazon show? I don't know how that works. It's weird that Video oh, wow. games are all getting weird TV shows now, right? Like Especially now with The Last of Us <laughs> doing so well, I'm assuming it's going to happen even more. But I, I just think oh it, it's pretty forward-thinking. How many co-op games did we have back then like this, a platformer co-op?
0: Not many. Right. Not many, no. Um, speaking of the gameplay, the game features your standard platforming controls with a run button, as well as a jump button, and the ability to crawl... One fun touch in the game is that Donald cannot fit through tighter passages, meaning Mickey must be there on the other end to help pull him through. Players can drop a rope down for the other player to climb, and players can also jump on top of the other player's shoulders to reach higher places. Characters attack using a magic cloak that they wave, and they have the ability to cast spells at certain parts of the levels. Um... So Mickey Mouse games, they typically have a pretty tame approach to combat. It's right. its never aggressive. He's more of a... um should have a
1: semi-automatic you weapon. <laughs> well, exactly.
0: It's more defensive. Like, he has a paintbrush, he throws apples, he bounces on people's heads, he has a, a little cloak.
1: If I made a um, game... What are your thoughts... It would be, What's well, it? I'm saying. if I made a game, it would be Mickey using animals that he randomly picks up from the streets and just uses them as weapons. <laughs> but I guess that's not the Mickey we have anymore. Sorry.
0: No, it's not anymore. Maybe nowadays. Maybe in that that Illusion Island game. But what are your thoughts on, on the Mickey games and, I guess, platformers in general that kind of try something new as opposed to traditional shooting and punching?
1: I like it. I think it's interesting. I think a lot of the better gameplay styles came from this idea and I think it's something that even Nintendo uses as a staple for a long time like uh I'm assuming that's why the jumping on the top of the head became normal for platformers I think it's also the reason why there's mechanics for Yoshi where he eats the creatures and they make him into an egg and then he throws the egg uh, and, you know. Right. It's just another way to get by the fact that you're hurting an animal or whatever. And, uh, I don't know. It just kind of softens it. It's not shooting them. It's uh, Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know, it actually really surprised me when I was playing Sonic Frontiers late last year. And Sonic was punching and kicking. Right. Like, that was new. Right. Sonic's... I mean, it, unless you played Super Smash Brothers Melee, like, you're not going to be seeing Sonic doing that sort of thing. And so I was like, yeah, it's... If Mickey was doing this, I don't know. Can
1: you imagine? I don't
0: think I'd be on board.
1: Like, (laughs) there's literally parts in the game where he, like, grabs a boss in Frontiers and he, like, throws him into a mountain and it blows up. I want to see Mickey do that. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I want to see Mickey do that. I mean, even... So in World of Illusion, they even kind of... I wouldn't say they nerfed Mickey, but they removed the the ability to jump on enemies... Or to throw objects. So, like, with those two missing, if you were to jump into World of Illusion, being a Castle of Illusion fan, would you miss the butt bomb, the butt stomp that Mickey does?
1: I mean, is the butt stomp as iconic as the, uh, what's that game, the the DuckTales, where they had the little, like, stick mechanic? Um, oh, the pogo stick. Right, the pogo stick. I feel like that's more iconic than the butt stomp. It won't destroy me, but Mm -hmm. you should put the bumps. I think every game needs a butt stomp. Even Mario has a butt stomp.
0: That's true. Even Sonic kind of does a little bounce now, right? right?
1: Same mechanic, but he doesn't use his butt because he's afraid. Because, I mean... Yeah, and I... I... Sonic doesn't have a booty. He's so skinny, you know, he's going to break his butt, dude. If he does a a real butt stomp. So he has to do this weird ball...
0: Maybe after the show you can look up some fan art that'll make you feel better. Sonic with, like, big butt cheeks hanging i already down. seen
1: your fan art. Um, I already know.
0: <laughs> now, one thing I really like about the game is the life system. So single-player games start with three lives, and co-op games have six. In co-op mode, when a player runs out of health, which is indicated by uh, playing cards at the top of the screen, the other player must touch them to revive them. And if there's only one life left in a co-op game, the surviving player can choose to continue as a single player or share the final try with the other player. And when the final life is lost, the game ends. However, players can continue from the beginning of any stage or a a password screen is displayed, allowing players to try again later. And I remember as a kid, like, magazines would be like, start on the last stage, input these four playing cards. And it was like, who needs Game Genie with this game? It's it's so easy to jump in at any point. So I, I really appreciate that. Um, what are your thoughts on how the life system in this game compares to other games of the early 90s? And are there any games... Where just the life system was like, it ruined the game for you? Like, you were like, this game's fun, but screw this. I I think (laughs) think
1: now that I'm uh, older and have, like, way more video games, not like when we were kids, right, when we had the same game for, like, a duration of our lives and three months in our kid lives felt like a gazillion years in in our... I mean, three months in real time felt like a gazillion years in our time, I think... Right. Uh, games that ruined it for me or now or just any game that has lives kind of make me upset. The ones that make you restart the game all the way from the first level. I can't stand that. I have to do save states now. It's idiotic. It's so dumb because it's like, wait, so you want me to do everything I just did just to beat this one little part again? I'm like, mm, I'm out. I'm sorry. So definitely... Uh, safe states really do save your life and uh, time because uh, mm-hmm. I understand there's people out there that say you should beat it all over again, but I'm like, man, there's so many good games to play. I don't have the time. If I'm going to sit here and play it, I just want to get right back into the same level and try it again. I don't want to do three levels all over again, come back 30 minutes, and then it's like not fresh in my mind, so the timing's all off, and then I die again, so I have to restart all over again. I'm good. But Yeah. Sorry, that's me.
0: Right. Yeah, I think it's just and I also think if you're a game creator, a game designer, like um, I I wonder what like the percentages of how many people have seen the last stage right. of so many NES, SNES, Genesis. Like there's games I own on my shelf. I've had them for over 30 years and I've never seen like the last few stages and I never will. You right, know, right. Like <laughs> I mean, you could say, oh, Barry, why don't you, uh, you know, like, get your Game Genie out or something. But, like, I don't know. It's too much work. I, I do <laughs> you wonder. You know, like, the fact that I have to, like, look up codes.
1: How about a game like Vector Man that's, like, 40 levels long and uh, it's right. super unforgiving and it has a really unforgiving continue system. How many people do you think have gone to the last, I don't know, five stages of the game? Everybody that talks about it always remembers the first stage for a reason.
0: And, you know, that's what I really appreciate about um, M2, the, you know, who handle a lot of retro ports nowadays, is that they make it common. You boot up the game and there's like a stage select a lot of the times. So you can jump in and, and experience like the end of the game. And they're like, you know, because they understand that, you know, work... Uh, you know, a lot of people worked on these games to, to, or even not a lot of people, like a small team worked tirelessly, and then, like, what? Their their works are just, like, right. <laughs> locked behind a stupid life system? It's ridiculous. I agree. Um, now, in, in this game, what I really like is that there are a lot of ways to increase your health, so there are all these little items you can pick up, but... Way it really works is that if you collect 52 playing cards, which, you know, makes a full deck of cards, you get an extra try, which I thought was kind of clever. Right. There's no counter, so you don't know when you have 52, but it just kind of kind of gets you to be like, I should pick up as many cards as possible so I can get those extra tries. Um, other items include a silver card that makes characters invincible and then a rocket that sets off fireworks, destroying all the on-screen enemies. And it's very... Uh, Uh, streets of rage Mm. you know like when you call the like the first reinforcements and they come in yeah yeah (laughs) i was gonna say before Um, we look at the stages mm
1: -hmm. i wanted to ask one question uh we said that you you like the you don't like the idea of a life system hindering the player from enjoying the full experience of the game which i think everyone could agree with what do you think about what the, the recent development of nintendo where they if you get stuck on a like mario game for example and you die enough that they do that section for you. What do you think about that?
0: I don't... I, I think that's going a little too far. I don't mind the one where it's like an, a menu option. And the the reward for dying so much is that your character becomes like uh, invincible for the rest of the stage. Mm. I think that's fine, especially for kids. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, I've I've played some Nintendo games on the like Wii U and even Switch. And I've noticed that. Like, I'm like, oh, you're really going to do this for me? Well, that's nice, but I was kind of enjoying the challenge. But, all right. (laughs) You You know, know?
1: my mom used to do that for me when I was a kid. So, uh, get a mom to do it for you. I don't think Nintendo (laughs) should be doing it for you. You should get a parent. Mom mode. Right, your mom should get better at Mario for you. If she loves you. Sorry, that's just how it is.
0: Yeah, and I mean, think, think back to sonic the hedgehog since i guess like 2017 they've really done away with game over screens i don't think sonic forces has a game over screen it just is like try again even then i don't even think Sonic. you could just go
1: around in circles with that little dash thing and health literally comes off the out of the ground like you don't you could have a good shield right yeah
0: in 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 front, Well, yeah, that's the crazy thing is that they re-released um, Sonic Colors with Sonic Colors Ultimate, and it's not Sonic in the corner anymore. It's Tails who comes and helps you. And then in Sonic Origins, it's a coin, so they Sonic's not there. And then in Frontiers, there is no Sonic. Right. So it's like they completely did away with the idea of a life system. Sonic doesn't even die anymore. Like, it's the try-again screen. Right. You know, like... Right. <laughs> And I think that's good. I know there are some retro, old-school gamers who are like, oh, man, I love a good game-over screen. But it's like... Do you really, though? I, I guess I, I I never look forward to those. And if I do see them, the one thing I'm hoping is that it gives me a continue or starts me off with a password and I get to continue. I hate it when it's like I was... You know, we did our, our Thunderblade episode. That game, you it ends so quickly and you go back to the very beginning. There's no... No love, but that's when M2 came in and they fixed the game right. with the 3D classics. So, yeah. Uh, let's take a look at the stages now for the game. Mm.
1: Mickey, Donald. So, they started different sections, or is this just the layout that they chose to show you the differences?
0: So, what they did here on Sega Retro is that when you look at that middle column... So there's three columns here. Mickey, Mickey and Donald, and Donald. So It's like a cross. If you play as Mickey or Donald, you get that first section. Or if you play as Mickey and Donald, you also get that Mm. first section. However, it splits in the second section. So if you're playing as Donald, you get this section where you're like on leaves. Whereas if you're Mickey, you're down on the forest floor. And if you're playing in a two-player mode... You don't get either of those sections, you get a minecart section. That's pretty cool. And then it Yeah, and then it regroups to section three and four. And it's like that the entire game. So just running through the uh, stages here, the first one's Enchanted Forest. And it, um, it there's kind of a fun cameo immediately from the Caterpillar in Alice in Wonderland. And it really is like inspired by those classic Disney movies where it's like a character shrunk down on the forest floor. It's, it's very fun. Lots of fun spiders in the last act. This is the cover um,
1: art for that Japanese version. It's Enchanted Forest.
0: Exactly, yeah. That's the cover art for the Japanese one with the giant um, vines. And then the next stage, Among the Clouds is where the cover art for the American and European ones come, where they're on the magic carpet. And what's really fun, like I said, is that they they tie together. So in the Enchanted Forest at the end, you open a um, box which has a magic spell, and then you leave the the spider's lair, and you're at the edge of a, a cliff, and you say, Alakazam, and then it creates a magic carpet, and you continue on with the game. And here, uh, you know, you're you're traveling through the sky. There's a lot of um, tornadoes. Interestingly, the bird enemies seem very much ripped from Quackshot. I believe those are the same birds that you see in that game. And again, on the second part of the stage, or second part of the, I guess, the level, it splits off. So, So Donald does like a rafting adventure. Mickey is dodging thunderbolts and then the two of them are um, off on some like cavern adventure and then what's really weird is at the end you battle this dragon which looks a lot like figment from epcot you know the purple dragon oh, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah looks <laughs> so it's kind of funny um, the the third level is called underwater adventure and this one you are swimming under the sea in giant air bubbles and you're avoiding tiger fish, which I believe look like the tigers from um, Jungle Book, but they're fish, which is kind of funny. He has like Shere Khan's head, um, and then again it splits, so you get one where you are Donald on tropical islands. It looks very Sonic. I love that
1: one. That's the best. The one. Uh,
0: Mickey one is not that look yeah. cool? It's like classic Sega palm trees. Uh, the Mickey one is in like a coral reef maze, and then the Mickey and Donald one is in like a underwater like fortress. Right. And then the uh the stage ends with a shark chase scene which feels very much like it's out of the Little Mermaid. Mm. Um and I, I remember this one. It's kind of freaky. Like <laughs> the shark looks if you look at that shark, he is not cartoonish. He's just got massive jaws and like yellow eyes. It's creepy. Right. Um as you near the end of the game you must first go through the library. So Mickey and Donald they shrink down again, and there's a lot of fun little tiny object situations going on here. And if you've I like played Castle of Illusion, this stage has very strong Castle of Illusion vibes. Uh, so does the, um, I guess the first stage, like going through an enchanted forest. But here you've got all these little tiny objects. And what's fun is that Donald, when it splits his story, he goes through a pop-up book... Which is a really fun design there. Yeah. Mickey goes through like outer space or something. I, I kind of forgot how that one goes. And then Mickey and Donald uh, travel through Christmas trees, which is really this fun. is pretty cool. I like the Christmas and it, design
1: it, and the Donald one reminds me of Dynamite Hetty. The yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: The um what's really cool is that the the villain the enemies are actually words. So it's W-O-L-F, and it's a wolf, but he spells mm. out wolf, which is kind of fun. So it's like the words come to life. There's also um, birds up there. I don't know what they're trying to spell. Is it? Oh, E-A-G-L-E. So they're eagles that spell out eagle, oh. which is kind of fun. And and then it they both come together with uh, Mickey and Donald in like a suite. A sweets area, like you know, like something you'd see on a Mario or even Sonic Colors. And then the end you battle Mad Madame Mim from the Sword and the Stone.
1: Oh yeah. Which is pretty
0: wild. So Wow yeah. That's a
1: weird uh, that's a weird uh boss to bring up, right? Like I didn't think <laughs> that she would just show up in a video game. Right, yeah.
0: And then finally the magic box is the last stage and this one really gives me, and you mentioned Dynamite Heady, it gives me very much treasure vibes because you, as both Mickey or Donald, you make your way through this forest, and then there's a, uh, an area that just says choose one, and there's all these boxes, and you basically need to jump on the box, and the box will either send you back to another part of the stage earlier, so you have to redo it, or it sends you to like a bonus mode where you get to jump around and collect items, or it opens the door behind you, and that really reminds me of like the non-linear takes you get with uh, with treasure games, where they just have a little fun with the format, and you're like, "Oh, this is this is different." Right. Um, the characters split up, and again, like there's some really imaginative stuff. The Mickey one, he's actually traveling through mirrors and going through like these endless hallways until he can escape. Donald is in a topiary like maze area. And then Mickey and Donald are in, you know, since I didn't play this co-op, I'm not sure what it is. But it looks fun, like different mystery doors or something. Right. Uh, It does. The characters come together again. They make their way through. There's, like, really bizarre enemies, like the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland. But he's, like, made out of, like, stacks of, like, blocks. It's kind of (laughs) creepy. And also the playing card enemies. And then finally you battle Pete, Right. Like uh, a... The magic master himself. And it's it's an all right boss. He's actually like a part of the background almost. He looks like the um Golden Axe select screen. Right. Doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's all big. Yeah, yeah. And he creates these little um like demons right. of himself with sky. Right. This is kind
1: of demonic. And you you pretty
0: Yeah, and you pretty much you just jump and wave the um mm. magic uh uh capes in front of his face and then when you defeat him he says you know like no one's ever defeated me (laughs) that's not true i will let you learn the last magic trick your magic trick is that you can return home and so you return home you put on a big show for your friends and then like i said pete turns around and like winks at the audience to be like "Hey, hey, hey um so yeah that that does it what what do you think going through there about the variation and the kind of the interesting gimmicks and things from the game like it's not samey at all right no
1: and i really just looking at the the screens i think they have a lot of diversity in stages i really like the idea Mm -hmm. of having a different aspect or a different perspective of even if it's just like one part of a of a game and then you guys meet up you know in the middle and then it's the same game I, I i think it's cool i think little details like that were really mind-blowing back then it was just the little details like that that made these like old 16 big games come to life i think and it looks really cool i think they did a really good job i really love the beat like the tropical level for example that, i think that's cool and mm-hmm. then you, you can also be in the water if you play co-op i think that kind of stuff is cool
0: yeah, and what I really like about it is I imagine there were kids like going back to school and they're like, oh, did you get World of Illusion? It's awesome. Did you see the one where it's like you're um, in a pop-up book and the other kid's what? like, I didn't see that. There's an outer space stage. And they're like, wait, who'd you play as? Mickey. Oh, I played as Donald. And they're like, oh, man, there's different stages. And then they're like, you should come over. We'll play together. And then imagine how like their eyes just like blew up in their sockets right. when they realized that like, Playing together, they get different stages. So you get like Christmas Tree Land, and you're like, ah, kind of, you kind know? of made
1: me wish they would pull something like that off with like Sonic and Knuckles, with like Tails and stuff, or you play with Tails or Knuckles, and Knuckles or Tails, and just like one, just one, even if it's just a little intro cutscene different, or or just the level, the intro to the level is a little different. That would have blown our minds, I think. I mean,
0: oh, absolutely. there's people
1: still harvesting data from old Sonic games, and every little bit they get out of it from some weird revision of it, they, like, make a big deal out of it. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I, I like the magic vibe of the game, because it, it kind of plays in with the surprises that the game gives you. Like, you're Mickey, you're and Donald, you're magicians in this magical world, but then the game itself is throwing little visual tricks at you, and, like, little surprises like depending on who you play as and we're going to go through it's it's kind of a lengthy lengthy section of the notes here but I had to do it because the amount of sheer talent involved both in the studio that made this game and or the team that made this game and the uh, larger uh, group it's just astonishing like you know Sonic fans will talk Yuji Naka. uh, Arcade fans will talk Suzuki. But there are names in here that you maybe don't talk about all that often. But when you see what they've done, you're like, oh, my God, these people are legends. You know, like, maybe we should start taking down Yuji Naka pictures and start putting up pictures of, uh, you know, well, Reiko Kodama for sure. Um, So World of Illusion was developed by the then newly named Illusion Shot Pictures, who had previously produced Quackshot and Castle of Illusion. So you see in their name there, Quackshot, Castle of Illusion, Illusion Shot. You know? Right. <laughs> so it's it's right there in their name. The team was originally known as Sega Consumer Research and Development Department Number no. 2, or Consu- uh, Sega CS2 for short. As the name suggests, they were the second consumer-specific R&D department at Sega Enterprises. So here are some notable members of CS2. This, these aren't everyone who worked on World of Illusion specifically, but CS2 had these people as a part of their ranks. Um, many of them had worked on titles including Fantasy Star and the Shinobi games. i heard of those. Members included Akira Nishim, Nishino, who later headed up Sega CS3 and created the Miku game, Seventh Dragon, and worked alongside M2 on the 3D Classics titles. There's also Atsushi Samiya, who was the designer for Revenge of Shinobi and director of Skies of Arcadia. Chi Yoshida, who is the artist and designer who worked on titles that included Panic and Sonic Adventure. Hideki Abe, the sound designer and composer for modern Puyo Puyo games and sound effects productions on series that include Sonic, Phantasy Star, and Yakuza. Oh, these games are pretty good. Nori Yushi Oba. Who was later the lead of Overworks and Sega WoW? And then, of course, the uh, legend Reiko Kodama of Fancy Star and <laughs> all, all caps legend Reiko Kodama of Fancy Star and Skies of Arcadia fame, who uh, tragically passed away uh, last year. Ryu Taru Nanaka, who worked on in marketing and as a producer for games like Sakura Tyson and Valkyria Chronicles, and then we have Shuichi Katagi, whose time with Sega goes all the way back to the early eighties. You got to look at this guy on Sega Retro; he looks like a guy who worked at Sega in the early eighties. Have to bring him up on SG one thousand games, and he worked on Fantasy Zone and various Sega Ages titles. Oh, God. Then we have Shuntaro Tanaka, who later worked uh, as an overworks director for the Valkyria Chronicles games. Toru Ohara, who worked on combat portions of Sakura Tyson 1 and 2, and was the director for the Guru Guru Anson series, which is a series I always hear about, but I've never, ever played. I don't even know what Guru Guru Anson is about. I don't Mm. know. Uh, Toru Yoshida, who is an artist, director, and writer... Um, in the Mega Drive era, working on games like Fantasy Star 2, 4, the Sakura Tyson series, and later worked on Sega Network's mobile titles. So suffice to say, CS2 has a lot of talent who went on to do great things. So with that big list in mind, how would you describe the team at CS2? I, I'd say legendary. That's amazing. Right.
1: Uh, a lot of the people that were in the team went on to do great things. Um, become legends in their own right. I, I think it is weird that uh, yeah. Kodama, when she passed away, that, like, uh, it was Naka that just posted a picture of her funeral, and he's like, here you go, and then he took it down, and then he posted it again, and he's like, I got permission from her family. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah. I remember, yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, now he's in worse right, trouble. Right, right. I forget. Yeah. He's not
1: going to be posting pictures anymore. <laughs> Um I thought he was going to get out with a fine. I don't know if he's actually in jail or anything like that.
0: I'm sure he's I am sure he's doing fine. He's just laying low. But um yeah, looking at that CS2 team, I think what's really amazing about it is how many of those people went on to make games that modern fans have played. Right. Like I know there are so many Yakuza fans out there, but I bet not one of them realized that people working on those games even today, like we have a Yakuza game coming out next right. week and like i'm 100% certain that someone on that team worked on mega drive titles and probably even had a hand in like world of illusion it's just wild you right. know like like you're you're working on a samurai game based in the yakuza universe a franchise that's almost 20 years old and you actually were with sega when they were making licensed mickey mouse right. games it's just it's insane Um, CS2 wasn't actually alone, as CS1 is apparently also credited on the game, though I couldn't really figure out what their role was. Um, and if you thought CS2's staff list was epic, CS1 is just about everybody else who wasn't on Sonic Team, you know? (laughs) Right, Um, every single iconic Sega game is in their discography, from the Master System all the way through to the Saturn era. It's just insane. Um... Castle of or World of Illusion itself was directed and designed by Emiko Yamamoto, who had designed Castle of Illusion and directed and designed Quackshot. Emiko Yamamoto is notable for later working for Disney. They actually hired her, right. and she served as producer for dozens of titles, including the Kingdom Hearts series. So, if you want like an example of someone who like fell upward, like it's just insane. It's insane. You're like, "Oh, who's that Japanese woman that made those three great Disney games? Let's hire her and have her be the producer for Kingdom Hearts." Right. It's like, "Wow." Right. Um, she made so much money. And I love money. that. I love I well, yeah, and I I think she deserves it, and I love that Kingdom Hearts has a, the illusion series like DNA built into it with a producer right. from the creator of those games producing them. It's wild. Um Takashi Yuda served as art director, and of course, Sonic fans know him as the designer of Knuckles. Oh
1: yeah.
0: Um, I know we haven't. I don't believe we've done Quackshot on Sega no, Talk did, yet, but did. if you play, it... oh we yeah, did because
1: I remember we did an episode, okay, good. and then you're like, you should play it, and then I did, and then I did play it afterwards, or maybe we did another episode. I but I'm almost on. Un- no, no, no. Yeah. You're
0: right. Yes. It was uh, March 5th, 2021. That's when that one dropped. Sega talk 65. That's great. So we are actually going in order. So we've done the other two. So if you listen to that one, I'm 100% certain I talked about how there are enemies in that game that look just like Knuckles, which is kind of funny. They look like Knuckles, if Knuckles and Goofy like had children. It's really weird. Um, of course, uh, Takashi Yuda went on to direct Space Channel 5 and Puyo Pop Fever. So again, legend. Legendary. Um, the game's music was composed by Haru, uh, Haruyo Oguro, Haruo, Haruo Oguro. Wow. Uh, who is credited as Lottie, and Tomoko Sasaki, who is credited as Maguro. And it's worth noting that both are women, making World of Illusion a female-directed, designed, and composed game. How about that? Oguro worked on music for Golden Axe 3 and is credited as a sound programmer for Deep Duck Trouble and also worked on the game's 16T, which I actually did a little deep dive on. And that's one of those, like, um, phone line games in Japan. You know, like those small games that you can, like, load up and play but not own? Right. Um, And it it caught my attention because 16 tons, 16T is what the... uh, the, the weights in fancy right. Zone have,
1: yeah. you know? That's a lot of weight. And
0: if you remember, they, they got the name from that from that song. You got 16 tons, what do you get? Yeah. Right, right. It's like those crazy Japanese developers like listening to weird American music and then they're like, oh, 16 tons. Let's make 16 ton weights. Um, she also worked on Super Monaco GP2, Jurassic Park for the Master System and Formula One Championship on the Mega CD. And Sasaki is best known as the main composer for Nights. Uh, she even wrote the, um, the uh, what, do, what do you call that? The lyrics for the Nights and the Dreams theme song, which is iconic. And she is the voice of the Sonic Team jingle from 1996 to 1999. Sonic Team, Team. team. Oh. Um, and she is the voice of Chow. And you can actually listen to the Chow talking at normal speed in a video I uploaded to our website Oh yeah, I do have that. or uh, to our YouTube channel. So let's let's give that a little listen. It's really
1: annoying though, right? <laughs> oh yeah. I'll play it. Is she just talking gibberish? <laughs> yeah. Yeah skip
0: ahead to like 2 minutes and
1: 30 seconds <laughs> she's going insane <laughs> I wonder how much hours of this they have so what, what? What this is the chow voice but they sped it up right
0: so this is the Chow voice slowed down. Oh. So I tried to get it more at a normal speed. So if you listen to the game, it would be like... Right. But this is her just... What approximation of her at the microphone. Um, she also sang and composed I Just Smile for Burning Rangers and sang the jingle for your favorite game, Feel the Magic XYXX. Nice. So Prolific. Um, And since, and she, I didn't put it in the notes, but she married another person on the Sega sound team, which is kind of funny. Um, Since leaving Sega in the 2000s, she worked on Super Smash Brothers Brawl and remained affiliated with Sega through her work, and I never knew about this, with Room Mania number 203 through albums that she produced, or she worked on based on the main character of the game. So after Room Mania 203, which if you remember, is... A very weird life simulator where you play God and you throw ping pongs at things mm-hmm. until a person in an apartment does stuff. Right, and Smart. the game is in the intro to the Sonic and Sonic Two movie. In that Sega, like
1: it's an important game in <laughs> Sega history.
0: I. I, when I saw Sonic 1 in theaters, or I didn't see it in theaters, but when I saw Sonic 2 in theaters, I was like, there's no way they're keeping Romania number 203. And they did, and I pointed at it, and I went, Romania!
1: <laughs> Weren't they supposed to uh,
0: I was so excited. Are they
1: supposed to do a reboot or a spiritual imagining of it, and then Sega teased it, and then they like never talked about it again? Yeah, it never happened.
0: But apparently they've been keeping the series going um, for a little bit through albums based on the main character, which is really bizarre, like music albums. Right. So imagine that you're in Japan, you're a huge Romania fan, you're like, oh, the new Romania number 203 Come album's on, you dropping. you really think
1: there's people in Japan um, that are like <laughs> Romania fans?
0: Yeah. Yeah, just like how other Seaman fans in Japan. I like, believe that one. It's insane. Yeah. Um, little fun fact about her... Uh, her credited name, Maguro, is cited as her favorite word, and it is actually the Japanese word for tuna. And it was even used as a cheat code in Ristar the Shooting Star to fully unlock the sound test, and it also unlocked an added filter called Onchi Mode to the game's music, which intentionally made it sound terrible. And I have an example of that here. I know it's going off topic, but you got to listen this to how is the awful one? this no, is. Yeah.
1: I'll play it. Oh. Oh. It's, like, low?
0: Oh. Oh, why is it quiet? That's kind of odd.
1: I'll I'll, I'll go forward a little bit to, like, 44. It is low, right?
0: Yeah, that's odd. I, I had it blasting earlier. Oh, that's all right. Essentially, imagine the Ristar theme, but composed all wrong, almost like... Um, Sonic, uh, Sonic Unleashed. When you do a terrible job, oh right. <laughs> um, and apparently, the joke is that that like bird in the corner there is singing the song, but all off key. So well, I mean, I would
1: never would have figured that yeah. out. But okay, I like the animation. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it is nice. So yeah, check that out in your spare time. It's terrible. Um, the biggest mystery of World of Illusion's credits is the name Satman who is credited as the main programmer and producer Satman also worked on the Revenge of Shinobi Castle of Illusion and Quackshot as a programmer So tell me George who
1: is the Satman I don't know who is the sat, the Satman It's Bruce Wayne Oh Is it though the Satman Or Spruce... Bru- it's Bruce Spruce but who's Wayne Who is Bruce Wayne if
0: Bruce Wayne is Batman, then Satman is Spruce Wayne. <laughs>
1: right, right? Right. You got me.
0: I don't know. But it's just, it's kind of wild. Like, I was looking there, and, and occasionally I'll encounter that on Sega Retro, where there are people who still, like, 40 years later, we don't know who they are, <laughs> which is wild. Um, but it does remind me, my friend uh, Steve, he told me a story about how one of the composers for Mega Man, like lived in obscurity for decades until he was like, wait, people like the Mega Man NES music. Why? I composed that, <laughs> you know?
1: Wow. It's
0: crazy. Especially considering um, how- so maybe Satman's like doing nothing now. I don't know what Satman's doing. And in fact, some of the names I, I listed here, they were outed. So they still remained um, mm-hmm. under their code name until recent years when I like, coworkers would do interviews and be like, Oh yeah. Uh, You know, Limmy, that's that guy, and and GQT, that's that person. Um, There's a lot of that. So I I guess the the only thing we can do is ask, who is Satman like to some of the other developers, and maybe they'd answer, I don't know. Um, Despite being a licensed title, World of Illusion is quite easy to find and play. Aside from a cartridge or ROM, the game was released internationally to the Sega well not internationally not in Japan but it was on the Sega Genesis Mini alongside Castle of Illusion in the US and Europe and seeing as the Mini is a two player device the game is the perfect co-op title and a great showcase for what the hardware is capable of do you have a uh, Genesis Mini 1 George?
1: of course who does not have a Sega Genesis yeah. Mini 1 everyone does my mom has two of them
0: everyone does Everyone should. Everyone should. I have three of them.
1: One for backup and one for play. (laughs) Everyone knows.
0: Yeah, one to rock and one to stock. Right, you know it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I mean, if if you have a Genesis Mini one sitting at home, you have this game, so you have no excuse. Uh, Before we wrap things up, I have a couple wild commercials. Um, The first one's pretty insane. It's from Australia, so let's Australia. Let's watch that.
1: So, all right, it's I'll insane. Press play now. New from what? Sega, Mickey and Donald's world An of illusion. Right one or two player action with three different game modes. Play as Mickey, oh my God. or Donald, <laughs> or both. Oh, God. Mickey and Donald's world of illusion from Sega, of course. Sega. From Sega, of course.
0: So that's the Ooh. that's the telltale sign. Those Australians, they say Sega. Isn't that funny? It's-
1: That's probably the worst part of the whole commercial. There was literally two people that turned into one person. There was an explosion of violence in the beginning of the commercial. But the way they said Siga was the worst thing in that commercial. Sorry.
0: I I feel like if we did stupid thumbnails for all our videos, we would have to do the t-shirt one. Where it's like me in the Donald hat and you in the Mickey hat. And we're like sharing a giant t-shirt. Right.
1: And then we're like having the shock face, like yeah. oh, right,
0: yeah. And I think every game, every someday we're gonna go through. Like someday we'll be dead, and whoever takes over the channel will like go through and monetize everything, right, of course. and like put really bad cover art, and it'll be like all of us angry at the game. We'll be like,
1: maybe that know. should be our box art. I mean, that should be our Sega Talk <laughs> intro, like. <laughs> Puke emoji. Puke, anyway. Puke emoji in the back. Yeah,
0: exactly. Me just throwing up and you like holding a gun to your oh, head. Oh, you, you can't do um, that
1: anymore. They, they monetize you.
0: Oh, I guess you can. Well, in the future Probably, you can. Probably, right. Suicide's
1: really badass in the um, future. Anyway. Um, <laughs> since, um,
0: since it makes a small appearance, we have to check out the even more insane <laughs> Indian commercial. Right. This is
1: insane. Thirty-nine, six seconds. let go. Start. Oh, just black. Okay. Let's go.
0: Oh, get ready. It
1: gets it gets weird, no. Hey oh, I have seen this one. This stupid film. I love it. Don't you wanna have fun playing Sega? What the Sega? hell? Sega? Who? Wrong answer, pal. <laughs> He's Show so him. malicious, dude. Showing it's this kid you. violence? It's wild. It's Sega. International Sega TV Games are now here. From Shaw Wallace. Take hey it! Want some more? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. For who the hell is Sam Wallace? It says right there.
0: Shaw Shaw Wallace. I don't know. Maybe that's their like electronics store.
1: Let's see. Is that what it says? Oh, it is Shaw Wallace. I thought it's was...
0: huh. Shaw Wallace. Never heard of it. Um, it's an oh, it's an Indian liquor manufacturer. Oh, That's
1: nice. So they're selling kid violent video games too while they're at it. What? So in, in India alcohol manufacturers oh. could sell video game systems to kids? I want my Budweiser
0: in India. In India, distribution of the Sega Mega Drive was handled by Shaw Wallace Electronics, with the products being sold for approximately $230. Damn. Sega entered the partnership in the northern hemisphere in April 1994. Shaw Wallace started manufacturing consoles in India from spring 95. Because Sega wanted to circumvent 80% of the import tariff. Mm. The distribution of Sega products was acquired by Maze Marketing, now called Mitashi Edutainment, in 1995. Look at that. So you think it's crazy that the Master System was uh, being (laughs) sold by a uh, Tonka Trucks? the like metal truck company i think this is even weirder shaw wallace when, you know what's even um, also sonic
1: is that i'm saying that what their their only claim to fame is that they re they released the sega mega drive on their wikipedia entry like the only notable entry on here is that they released the sega mega drive notice that
0: it's crazy right. so, yeah isn't that right. weird you're like, oh, I distributed liquor in the Mega Drive. If I I don't want to stretch it out. If you can jump back to ten seconds and just play a little.
1: Uh, I closed the video. Let me get it up. Sorry.
0: Oh, that's okay. Sonic does this really weird thing. He goes like, he goes, he goes. Don't you want to have fun? And he like whips his head what around. Time? He doesn't do it like once. He does it like four wow. times. He goes, don't you want
1: to have fun? <laughs> <Show him. laughs> what 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 seconds was it's
0: it? Weird. Uh, 10
1: seconds
0: Watch Sonic go crazy
1: Don't you want have fun Oh my Sega? god he looks psychotic <laughs> dude Don't you want to have fun playing Sega Don't you want to have fun the kid playing Sega What Sega? And then he goes wrong answer. <laughs> yeah I know it's like this kid it's, oh my god this is a very malicious uh, Sonic Sega?
0: Sega who? And he goes, wrong answer, pal. You know Shaw Wallace? Yeah. Oh, the liquor distributor?
1: Yeah, they're
0: bringing you Sega.
1: Well, I mean... It's so fucked up. They probably had, like, you know, remember in the 90s when they had those marble, like, where you got points, people got points, and they got, like, jackets or whatever? Maybe Shaw Wallace has something like that over there where you buy Mega Drive games and got free beer? Maybe.
0: I want to get a Shaw Wallace t-shirt.
1: I think it's very really cool Sega merch. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: is Sega. Oh, they have Shaw Wallace um What are these? Oh, enamel signs. Yeah. Oh, they made agriculture chemicals. That's
1: uh, very cool. That's weird.
0: That's cl- let's anyway, let's close up the
1: episode. We're gonna be, we'll, Yeah, let's close we'll this do up. A Shaw so Shaw um, podcast next time.
0: <laughs> next one will be sega in india um so uh as we mentioned at the top of the show if you support us on patreon at any level we will read your memories at the end of the show so first up we have ben hayward saying this is one of the few mega drive titles i've got and i wish i'd play it more so far i got it a uh, with a bunch of other games for my bucks party ahead of my wedding oh is that like a It's like a thing, a a Bucks party. Oh, Bucks and Does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, When a group of my friends got together to play some Sega, the only controversial thing that happened that night was a fight. (laughs) Oh, wrong answer, pal. Um, (laughs) The only thing that happened that night was a fight between our cat and a neighbor's cat. But anyway, back to the game, it made the cut that night because of its two-player action, which is really cool having Mickey and Donald team up. I also liked that if you play the one-player options, the levels change slightly to take into account Mickey and Donald's different gameplay. Looking forward to getting back into it. Then we have Ando saying, When my dad bought me the Mega Drive for my fourth birthday, he picked up Castle of Illusion along with it, because that weird Sonic game surely must be bad if they're giving it away with the console. (laughs) Obviously, he turned out to be wrong about that, but Castle of Illusion still became our all-time favorites. And when we then stumbled over World of Illusion, our minds were blown. The game improved upon the very first one in every way and looked so good that it almost feels like a downscaled HD game at times. But the real star of the show was obviously the co-op, as it still stands strong as one of the best co-op modes in any game. The fact that if you had to help each other and properly coordinate to get past certain obstacles really made it feel like a two-player journey... And instead of having two players doing the same thing, the fact that the levels change depending on your combination of characters just made it even better. One of the all-time greatest games, not just for the Mega Drive, but period. Wow. Sega?
1: What's a Sega? Sega who?
0: Um, Nicholas Schaefer says, Sega who? (laughs) Uh, No, Nicholas Schaefer says, This is a game that I didn't expect to be good. And it was only after my Genesis was in storage that I saw online how loved it was. So I took to eBay and got it and thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you for that, Nicholas. And no, none of you are saying Sega who? (laughs) I think they all know who Sega is. And George, do you know what we're going to be talking about on the next Sega Talk, number 115?
1: I could just tell you guys it's going to be an egg summon episode. You know I had to do that. Come on, don't look disappointed somebody had to say it we're doing elemental gimmick gear on the sega dreamcast next time on sega talk bye bye
0: there
1: you go excellent